Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Today on the podcast, I'm answering the question, how does children's ministry work in a disciple-making movement or house church, microchurch approach? How does it work? What do we do for our kids? And how can we make sure that we are ministering to the needs of the children who come? And what about youth group? What happens with that if we don't have that in a house church or micro church approach? What are we going to do to make sure that our kids are getting the spiritual input and attention they need and that they're interested and want to come and be part? So that's what we're going to talk on the episode. We'll be right back with that in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. Hey there, this is Cynthia Anderson. And today we're going to be talking about an important question. And that is how does children's ministry work in house churches or disciple making movement, church planning movement approaches? What does it look like? What are some of the issues involved in uh, ministering to children? One of the questions that came in was uh, from one of our readers who reads my blog, and they said, please help me understand what's going on and how can we address the issue of the kids? Many people don't want to come to house church or micro church because they want to make sure that their children are getting what they need to grow spiritually. So we're going to dive in and talk about that. Well, one thing that came to my mind as I was pondering this question is that children's ministry or Sunday school or children's church, all of these things are fairly new phenomena. They're fairly new things for us to do as the church. And they're not something that has been around for very long. Only about 250 years ago did they start Sunday schools. And um, the Sunday schools were actually started in order to help children during the industrial revolution so in the time of the industrial revolution in europe 
1780 or so, uh, many, many children were being brought into the factories to work. There were no uh, rights to protect children or no um, ages where, you know, under a certain age, you couldn't have them work at that time. And many, many children were brought into factories to work on these assembly lines and in, with the machines. And so these children were not being educated. And there was a real move in the church to educate these children on Sunday when they were off work. Uh, and so they started Sunday schools for them, and they taught basic reading and writing. They taught about the Bible, but it was really a way to educate the kids who had no opportunity to go to school because they were working in factories. So what's my point here? My point is that Sunday school and children's church, children's ministry is a fairly new phenomena. Before that, 250 years ago, kids were trained as disciples and they were taught the word of God together with their parents in the normal service, right? So it's a fairly new thing uh, for us to separate children from their parents when they're having spiritual training and education. And um, having lived overseas, lived abroad for many, many years, most of my life, in fact, I've seen that in many situations, children are absorbed into the congregation and they learn alongside of their parents in these contexts. Um, and there may be some special events and things that are done for youth or um, things like that, but uh, it's, it's not something that you have to have in church. It's not a church model that has been around for that long. So one of my readers on my blog had asked this question and said that they had people who were concerned about joining the house church or joining a house church movement because they were concerned that their kids wouldn't get what they need. And with so many children growing up and by the time they're of age or they go, to, go away for college, they're not continuing to follow the Lord. They're really, really concerned that their kids get they have good Christian education, they learn the ways of God, and that they are um, getting what they want and they need so that they're excited about church and they want to be part of it. And he was asking me, is there any data or any information about how uh, kids who have been raised in a house church environment do after they come of age and whether or not they continue on with the Lord? Well, the answer is that it's a little too early, especially in the West, for us to measure this. And as far as I know, there haven't been any studies done about this um, where we have real research and data um, uh, for house church movements that have been going on longer, say the ones in China or the ones in uh in other parts of Asia, India, Africa, and that kind of thing, though it's a really excellent question, and I'd love to see a study of that sort done. However, though we don't have a study, we do have the Word of God, and we have the model that Jesus gave us, right? And so we want to always, in all our decision-making, look at Scripture. What did Jesus do? And what did the Apostle Paul do? How did they plant churches? And how did they address this issue of children and of youth and equipping them to be fruitful disciple makers in their adult life? Well, 
one of the things that comes to my mind, of course, is my own family and my own children. And I found that our kids absorbed a lot of what we do just by being with us as we did it. We were modeling for our children how to minister and how to disciple and how to love the poor and how to pray for the sick. They saw mom and dad doing it all the time. And so it was very natural for them in their adult lives to do the same because all their life they had seen that modeled. And they also were invited to participate with us. So I would take my daughters, Jenna or Stephanie, along with me into the slum communities and um, they would go along with me. We would have mother-daughter time as we were riding. Maybe we would stop for a cup of tea or a Coke or something on the way home. And we just integrated family life with ministry. It wasn't something I did over here and something that was separated. It was just a part of what I did. And then I found when my daughter Stephanie went away to college, she just joined a group of an intervarsity group and she was involved in training and reaching people in her dorm and she also started groups and those groups also began to multiply and she made disciples there in her dorm because she had always seen mom do that you know it was just what it was just what a, a christian does it was the model she had seen and so i think personally that separating kids out into a youth group is not the best model and it's not the model we see in scripture now i'm not saying it's evil or wrong or bad or i'm not trying to condemn it i know it's a very common model in the west um, and I know young people like to be together and they, they um, have different kinds of needs than adults have. But I find that when you integrate youth and adults together and children in one, at least once in a while, at least in one community, as you do in a house church, and if you will show respect for the children and for the teens as true disciple makers, if the body will come around them and really affirm them in their gifts and give create space for them to minister, create space for them to use the giftings that they have, be inclusive of them in worship. Now, sometimes they may feel shy around adults to speak up, um, you know, and so find ways to encourage that and really affirm that. But I think that kids who grow up in a place where they are affirmed in who they are in God from a very young age, they're encouraged in their giftings. They are, um, we trust them to have spiritual insight. Sometimes when we've done discovery Bible study and kids have been present, the input that the kids, get, kids give and the insights they give from the study that the Holy Spirit shows them, those things are really truly teaching us new things as adults and their insights we may not see. So we wanna value them as a member and not just have them play in the corner, but bring them into the circle and let them also answer the questions about what does this mean and how are we going to obey? And, you know, hear from them, invite them to also participate. Children are also disciples. If they have put their trust in Jesus and if they have taken a step to obey him, train them from a young age to obey God's word, to not just hear it, but to obey it. 
And I think that as kids have this DNA and they come into their teen years and they have this understanding of, of who they are in God and they've been practicing and using their spiritual gifts, the chances of them continuing on in their adult lives to follow Jesus, to obey his word, to know not just head knowledge, but that they have heart knowledge and they have practical knowledge of how to obey him that it is going to carry on into their future. Um, and they there's a lot higher likelihood that they're going to not only attend church, because that's not the goal, right? For our kids when they grow up, we don't just want them to go to church. We want them to be disciples who make disciples. And the most important people in the world that you disciple are your own children. And as you disciple them to be disciples who make disciples in their schools, um, with their friends, learning the word of God, learning to obey it, then we're going to see, you know, I believe a higher percentage of those kids carrying that on into their adult life. So I think don't separate them out, you know, and have separate children's church while you're trying to do your little house church. Now, the question comes up, what if they're disruptive, right? A lot of kids uh, don't haven't learned to sit quietly and to listen or to participate. Well, you know, I think it's 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 good for parents to take that into account, to bring something where they can draw a picture of the story while we're, you know, telling the story or, you know, find different ways to engage them and involve them and um, keep the story short, right? Um, generally speaking, that story should not be more than five or seven minutes long. So that's another thing. In a house church model or a DBS, things are constantly changing. It's participatory. The kids can be engaged and they're a lot less likely to get bored. Though, you know, you are going to have to coach them to not be disruptive, um, particularly if they're used to having a children's church that's, you know, stand up, sit down, you know, lots of activity and is geared for a very, very short attention span. So there may be some training that's involved by the parents, but learning together with other adults. The other huge advantage here, my friends, is that when children are part of a house church community, they develop friendships with other quote unquote aunties and uncles who can mentor them and love on them and spend time with them and affirm them. You know, kids need so much to hear the affirmation of adults in their lives and the encouragement of people who are not only their parents, but people who know them and love them and speak into their life. So I would say in a house church setting, uh, what kids and teens get is so, so valuable. And, um, you know, don't, don't hesitate to bring them into that and to help them understand their value. Um, you know, when my kids went back to the U.S. and went, attended youth groups, um, sometimes they felt like they were not being respected as people who could learn deep spiritual truths. They were just being entertained and that they were kind of, they, they, they wondered why, why aren't we learning things that really matter here? Why are we just having fun and games and pizza parties um, when we're capable of so much more than that? And so I think that's the attitude that very often is going to come for people, for these youth 
as they're a part of a house church, they're going to feel like, wow, I am being valued as someone who is actually a disciple, who can make disciples. I too am a royal priest. It's not just the adults who are royal priests who God can use. Wow, these people believe that God can use me and um, their self-esteem is going to rise. And they're, you know, I think they're going to not miss so much the fun and games. So, you know, we should have fun in house church too, even as adults. So make sure you make it fun and have times of celebration together as well. So there's two scriptures that I wanted to read um, as we wrap up this, this Q&A here today. And what did Jesus say about youth and children? And the first verse is in Matthew 18, verse 4, it says this, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So Jesus was affirming of children. Jesus says that uh, we should make ourselves like children if we want to inherit the kingdom of God. The simplicity, the curiosity, the um, transparency and vulnerability of children. These are all things that we want to embrace and model. And there's much we have to learn from the children who are in our congregations. And then he says that um, we should welcome them. And so I want to give you a challenge and exhortation here on today's broadcast that Look, you should look for ways this week, look for ways to welcome the children who are in your house church to really make them feel special and make them feel welcomed. And I don't mean just by like handing out candy and things like that or calling them to the front of the church to sing a special song, though those are all good things. But I mean in valuing and affirming who they are as people created in the image of God who, if they are following Jesus, have the Holy Spirit within them. Welcome the Holy Spirit of God inside these kids. Welcome their voice. Welcome their gifts. Welcome who they are as people. Welcome the insights that they contribute. Welcome the value that they bring by joining you. Welcome the children and let's learn from them. So I love what Jesus says in that passage, Matthew 18, 14. And then the next one I want to read is 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, 2. And in this passage, as we know, uh, Paul is talking to Timothy, his disciple, uh, someone that he had mentored in the faith. And he says this, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Paul trusted young Timothy. Now, we don't know exactly how old Timothy was, but we know that he was a young man. And that compared to the others he was relating with, he was considered young. And he probably questioned, how can I, as a young man, uh, be used of God to even speak into the lives of those who are more uh, of age than I am, have a greater age than I do. And Paul exhorts him, says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. 
And I think it's really easy for us to conclude from that we too should not look down on anyone because they are young, but we need to value them and recognize who they are in the faith and give opportunity to them, open doors for them to be all that they can be in God. And as you do that, as you, as you are inclusive of children and youth in the house church and give space for them to be who they are and to contribute and to participate and bring what they have to bring spiritually to the group, I think you're going to see these young people and children will be some of your very best disciple makers. They're going to win their friends to Christ through those friends of your children. You can enter new families and you'll see whole families come to the Lord and added to the church. You'll see teachers that, that they share stories with coming to you with interest. You can, through the kids, you can have many, many inroads into the community. You know, uh, I want to close with just a, a last story about my kids. I used to sit outside in Nepal during the, the winter season when it was quite cold inside the cement block houses. And as the Nepali women do, I would sit out on a, a mat outside. We would eat peanuts and oranges, little suntala, they call them, little tangerines, peel them and eat them. And I would talk with the other women and our children were around and playing together. And through my kids, I built relationships with many, many people in the community. My kids were a door opener for the gospel. And they played a really key role in, in making space for me to build friendships and relationships with the women in the community. And as we would sit around there eating peanuts and suntala, these oranges, I would tell stories from the word of God and I would disciple these women and their children who were also playing. And this is when they had little toddlers, you know, uh, they were playing with each other and we were telling stories and we were gossiping the gospel as we like to call it. And um, we had a wonderful time together. That's what children's ministry looked like for me um, when I was in Nepal. And uh, every context is different. Every situation is different. But look for ways to be inclusive, to value children and youth, to make them part of the fellowship and to really honor them as disciples who will make disciples, to train them like you train the adults and to expect that they will be able to rise up to the challenge of obedience to Christ. And I really believe that as you do this, you're going to see many of them go on into adulthood, probably a higher percentage than those who've been trained separately from the, the broader church, go into adulthood, mature in their faith, and ready to go and start groups on those college campuses or wherever they go, continuing to live the life of a disciple. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, stirring our faith to believe for movements among the unreached, is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com.
today. Here's a quick recap and an action step for you today. Here's the recap. Today we talked about children and youth and how we need to value them as royal priests of God, those who have been chosen and called just like we are as adults, no matter their age, God has a plan for them. And our responsibility is to include and welcome them to participate in the house church. And as we do that, as kids feel valued and affirmed and mentored by those who are a bit older than them, they are going to grow as disciples and be much more likely in their adult years to continue to know and follow Jesus. So here's your action step. Look for a way this week in your house church or your micro church or whatever church you're in to welcome children. Welcome them truly, not just by giving them candy or letting them stand up front to sing a song, but welcome them in who they are as children of God, as those who have been chosen by God to bear much fruit. Welcome their spiritual gifts. Welcome and make space for them to be a participant and a contributor in the life of the church. So that's our action step. I would love to hear from you. If you want to put in the comments of the podcast or here on YouTube, uh, what you're going to do, I'd love to see that as well. And God bless you. We'll be back here next week. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.